0: From the Woodpecker Studio in the great state of New Hampshire, welcome to the Sounds Like a Search and Rescue podcast, where we discuss all things related to hiking and search and rescue in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. Here are your hosts, Mike and Stump. All right,
1: Carter. So um, you said you're you're nine years old. Ten. 10 years old? Okay. And then uh, just for the audience's sake, you know, we'll introduce you officially in a little while, but um, you, obviously we know you like hiking. Is there any other, do you do any other sports?
2: I do wrestling. I do basketball. I nice,
1: snowboard.
2: And skiing.
1: Yeah. Cool. And skiing. What, what is your favorite if you're going to pick between all all those sports?
2: <laughs> basketball, probably.
1: Basketball.
3: No snowboarding, huh?
4: No, my mom's a snowboarder. Well, yeah, the cool people snowboard. Ah. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, do you think
1: you will snowboard? Will you transition from snowboarding to skiing, Carter?
4: Probably
2: not.
1: Probably not, yeah. That's, that's uh um, I like skiing better than snowboarding, so your mom and Stomp can be the snowboarders and we'll do the skiing stuff. Okay. Yeah, clearly. exactly. You... <laughs> <laughs> exactly Do you have any other uh, any other hobbies that you like to do Carter?
2: Um, I like Legos, I like video games and I like taking care of my frogs.
1: Okay. yeah, for the audience just just so you're aware there's what, what kind of what kind of frogs is it that are in your room?
2: Santa, Isabella and point and dart frogs.
1: Okay. huh Okay, so they may make some noise in the background. Cool. yes. <laughs> all right. All right. So I'm going to talk with Stomp and, and your mom for a few minutes, and then we'll 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 get back to you in a few minutes, Carter. But we're excited. You're okay. f- your first kid. And uh, when I was coming down here, I told <laughs> my daughter that we were going to have a kid on the show, and she got mad at me. And she's like, I can't believe your first kid is not one of your own children. But they don't hike. They don't hike, <laughs> so they don't get to be on the show. So so Stomp, do you have any horror stories when, um, when you took your kids hiking?
3: Oh, hell yeah. I sure do. I took my... Well, let me think about that. Actually, it was my three older girls, and uh, we went up to um, Mount Washington. We stayed at the Lake of the Clouds hut, and it was this you know, it was a beautiful August weekend. And unfortunately, I don't know what we were thinking, but it was way too hot. It was in the 90s, like mid-90s, and we went up Glen Boulder, long, heck of a long day, and I was with my um, my stepdad at the time, and uh, we got to the hut, and the girls were miserable, the bugs, are, the gnats were crazy, and then overnight, we're sleeping in the uh, the bunks, and wouldn't you know it, a gigantic monsoon rainstorm rolls in that, I mean, honestly... It, I I didn't see it forecast. It just came in, um, so we ended up deciding, you know what, the the only best option here is to go to the summit. So instead of going back down Glen Boulder um, and getting lost or God knows whatever with these kids in you know near near out, you know obscure conditions, uh, we went straight to the summit and um, ended up taking the van down. Uh, I think Lucy was five. <laughs> Or six at the time. Okay. okay. So the girls were really little, and they they just absolutely hated hiking after that point. And now they're coming around. I mean, they're in their um, uh, late teens and early 20s, and uh, they're coming around again, which is fantastic. But I lost them on hiking for many years. Well-intentioned, but...
1: That's why we're doing this show tonight, is we want to try to give people advice on uh, on how to not lose, lose your kids when it comes to hiking. But we'll do a, a show intro. But that's... That's good that they're coming back around, though, for your stomp. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
3: like Evie, my oldest, is a Sherpa. She's incredibly strong. Um, Catherine loves getting out there. Uh, you know they still enjoy the outdoors, which is the, <laughs> the magnet that
1: pulled them back. I think ultimately, um, so it's been nice. Yeah, I had um, I had like two big incidents. Like, so I have three daughters, and my <laughs> oldest one hikes a lot. The other two didn't yeah. like hiking, and it's basically I mean everything around here is my fault, especially when you're the father of three girls. But <laughs> so me and my wife took the three girls when they were little. I think my youngest was probably like four or five, and we did the Boulder Loop Trail. Have you ever done that, Jill? Boulder Loop. Yeah. So it's like three miles. And, you know, it was nice weather, but (laughs) I think like we got to the very farthest part of the boulder loop, like a mile and a half in and Megan decided to have a complete and utter meltdown. And my wife was like, I'm just going to go ahead with um, Caroline and and Emma. And you," so I had to sort of like (laughs) talk her through the meltdown. And she was at that age where it was like she's getting too big to carry for like a long time. Yeah. You know, and I'm not, I'm kind of a wimp when it comes to that anyway, but like I, I had to carry her like probably that whole mile and a half and she was just freaking out the whole time. And then that was it for her. So it happens. So don't make the mistakes that me and stomp have had where you push your kid too far, but we'll talk about this in a lot more detail. But, um, I got a couple of updates stomp before we get into the show. Nice. Um, intro here. So I got merchandise. So I'm almost done with the merchandise. So I will be posting on the Facebook page. So we have right. a group and a page I'll be posting on the page. And then I'll, I'll ask you to post on the Instagram. We've got some, we're going to have t-shirts, long sleeve shirts and hats, I think. And we'll see if anybody, anybody cares about like merchandise. I don't know if they will or not, but we'll see. What kind of hats are you talking about? Like beanies? or Like the, the, the baseball the, hats the trucker or- hats? a trucker hat. Yeah, like a baseball hat. Oh, cool.
3: Yeah. Gotcha. So,
1: um we'll do that with the with the podcast logo and we'll see if anybody's interested. I think it'll be cool if people buy them and then go out hiking and wear them around. Sorry if I seem distracted.
3: My uh, cat's yeah. going nuts in here again. Anyway. <laughs> oh, oh,
1: nice. Um all right. So, definitely. The other update that I have stomp is the Facebook situation. Um so For the podcast. So we have a Facebook group, right? And then we have the page for the podcast. So I'm now going to start using the Facebook page because the group has become overrun with just people posting cat stuff. And I don't know how that happened, but it's cool. It's fine. I mean, yeah. But, um, it is what it is. So I think the group, I'm going to let that group continue to be what it is, which is mostly posting cat memes. And then there's a few people that do search and <laughs> rescue stuff. And then I'm going to use the Facebook page moving forward for anything related to Facebook.
3: It sounds like a deal until they follow you over to this other page.
1: Well, the nice thing about that is I can delete stuff and nobody sees my name, so they don't know I'm doing it. So I can just tell them that you're you're doing the administrative duties. <laughs> true
3: (laughs) oh god that's funny yes exactly
1: all right Um, anything you, you want to cover the hiking pole survey well I think this is it
3: um We've had some funny comments, like people saying, "How do you get to the show notes again?" <laughs> yeah. Oh, you listeners are funny. Um, so yeah, we're we're gonna pull the plug on the hiking uh, survey because if you haven't done it by now, give me a break. So we'll um, we'll tally up the data and um, uh, let you know what the results are. We'll get Andy in for a little segment soon. And uh, thanks for everybody that did participate because I think it's going to be pretty interesting, actually. So and if you want to this is it your last chance get on the show note and do the survey and the balance test it's very simple all right that's my blurb about awesome the hiking poles
1: all right sponsors and coffee now stomp yeah
3: let's see we have a donation by oh where is it oh Chris thank you Chris for donating five coffees And uh, he was the one that actually made the comment about the show notes. (laughs) Wicked cool. And, of course, we want to thank Reckless Brewing. I can't speak tonight. Reckless Brewing. Brewing. Brewing? Brewing. Brewery. We'll enjoy the best food, craft beer, and fun. Just 15 minutes from Franconia Notch, many 4,000 footers, and less than 10 minutes from The Five Corners. Yes.
1: All right. So welcome to the Sounds Like a Search and Rescue podcast. Tonight, we're joined by our friends Jill and Carter to cover a topic that's been on our list for a long time, hiking with kids. And many parents struggle with how to get their kids to enjoy hiking. So we will try to give some tips on how to set your family up for a lifetime of outdoor activities in order to help with this topic. We have a real live kid sitting in to give us his perspective. Say hello, Carter. Hello. <laughs> All right. You get a lot of pressure tonight, so you, you need to give your perspective. An authentic kid. And then later in the show, we will highlight a favorite winter hike, uh, which is uh, Mount Adams and Mount Madison in the Northern Presidential Range. Uh, we want to try to keep keep going on highlighting some of these peaks. And then we'll close the show up by revisiting our discussion that we had last week about the 10 essentials. So I'm Mike. And I'm Stomp. Let's get started. Let's get it started. Um... So beer talk, Stomp. What do you What are you drinking tonight?
3: Oh, just another fruity uh margarita thing with a little splash of apple and cranberry. Hmm. Tootie fruity. Nice.
1: Did you just get back from the the snowmobile gig, or have you been home all day? No, you know
3: it, it's crazy. The rainstorm shut them down. The tour uh, company is closed um, the entire weekend, so they're going to reassess on Monday. I think you know this might have given us an inch or two up in Bartlett, but. Yeah, it's a no go. Dude, it is glare ice everywhere. Really? Like I can't walk out my door without, you know, microspikes on. I, I'm not kidding. It's just the rain that we got froze solid and it's just treacherous everywhere.
1: Is Crazy. is the uh the river crossings are they all ripping or is it frozen over? Yeah.
3: Yeah, they are. Yeah, moderate. What is it like two feet higher than usual? Um, if I remember correctly. So it's it's ripping, but it's probably starting to slow down now.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I'm going up there on Monday, so I'm curious about the river crossing. So we'll talk about that later. Um, So, Jill, what are you drinking?
4: I have a uh, Mason Brewing from Maine. I have the Hipster Apocalypse IPA.
1: Hipster Apocalypse IPA. Yes. All right.
3: What would a Hipster Apocalypse be?
4: Um, I think it would be a lot of beards and flannels taken over.
0: I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it would be like you would end up like everyone would be... um, you know they'd be trapped in a brewery yeah. through the end of the world. That would be the hipster apocalypse. Or they'd run out of IPA. Uh, that's probably my take. Yeah, <laughs> so could, are you drink?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Everyone be spouting off yeah. about their rare. Yeah,
1: Carter, yeah. you dr- are you drinking anything, Carter?
2: If I had to choose, I'd be drinking apple juice. But right now, I'm drinking water.
1: Good call. Yeah, I like apple juice as well. So, <laughs> you have um. But I'm drinking tonight. I have a I had this the other night. I have a IPA from Notch Brewery called Left of the Dial. So it's pretty good stuff here. Huh. So Stomp, welcome back. You disappeared on us for a minute.
3: Yeah, I'll be in and out. We have a ton of people up here. It's the it's vacation week, as you know, so the bandwidth is getting sucked up. Uh.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two weeks of hell coming up. <laughs> Yeah, good luck. The mass holes are invading.
4: Hey, 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 week. hey. Hey, I'm
1: allowed to say that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I forgot I got a kid on here. Sorry, Carter. He's used Cup- to it. Cover your ears. <laughs>
3: he's honest. At least he's honest.
1: I was going to say, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that he's heard a little colorful language. We'll try to behave, Carter. But if you hear something that a bad word, then I apologize ahead of time. So.
2: Okay.
0: Slasher's hiking topic of the week.
1: But all right, let's get into the segment here. So, segment one is hiking with kids. So, again, we have Jill here, who is an expert on hiking with kids. So, we're going to rely on her to sort of give her pearls of wisdom around how you can keep your kids engaged with hiking. So, I think um, you know, Stomp, we talked about a little bit about your perspective on you know the horror story piece of it, but um, yeah, you know, as we as we think about this topic. What sort of springs to mind for you around, you know, how to approach hiking with kids and keeping them engaged? Start, start young, uh, Mm -hmm. start. I
3: I don't know why I started so late. I mean, I guess it was just our family circumstance at the time, but if I had started earlier, um, starting with more modest hikes, just, you know, I I would get them out quite a bit, but no mountains or anything like that because we were living in mass at the time. So, I, you know, we would always do uh, like Winnekenny Castle and all that. There's There are these little spots that we would go to and hike around and they could tolerate that well. But once you started adding elevation, they weren't used to that. So, I mean, if you're going to start with little ones, start modest, find the smaller peaks like, you know, Mount Major and whatever and then build up slow and let them... You know, pick good climate and all that good stuff. No hot buggy days. I mean, just common sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's all all good advice. So I don't think I have much more to add to that. So I do want to start um, talking to Jill a little bit. But I think, Jill, I'll try to do a quick intro about how... I became, you know, we became aware of of you and Carter, and then, you know, I'll hand it over to you to sort of give you a background. But I think last week, me and Stomp talked about how we we did some winter hiking, and then Stomp was the one that actually introduced me to. Um, A bunch of the sort of the hiking community on social media. And, you know, there's obviously the 4,000 footer Facebook groups and there's a few private groups that we were in. And I think we got to know each other through some of those private groups and then the 4,000 footers. Yeah. But I think, I don't know, when did you and Carter like really start hiking the 4,000 footers was what what year was it? Yeah, he
4: was four years old when we did our first one. So that would be 2015.
1: Got it. So you were, and you were posting your hikes on like the 4,000 footer groups. And, and, and I was, yeah. So talking about, so for me, you were the first, I mean, there was a couple of other people that had kids that were hiking. And I know I was aware of like Trish and her daughters had, had done some of the hikes, but I think yeah. you were the first one that I became aware of where you were really sort of, I don't think you were beating any speed records, but you were plugging away at the 4,000 footers <laughs> and, you know, Carter... How old were you? Four? Four or five when you started hiking? So that, that sort of stuck to me as like, wow, that's probably the youngest people that I've seen hiking. Um, so, you know, we've always stayed in touch and, you know, we, we, we see each other on social media. So I wanted to have you come on for this topic because I think you're, you know, you were pretty open, I think, from my perspective around – posting the details about the good bad and ugly and you definitely never made it seem like yeah. it was easy or that you know every hike was like rainbows and unicorns which i think a lot of people <laughs> tend to try to try to play that up so i wanted to get you on to have the give us the real deal here so why don't you start off can you just sort of introduce yourself and talk about your background in hiking before you you and Carter started
4: so when i was a kid like probably a little bit younger than Carter um I would with my two sisters have two younger sisters and my parents and we used to go we went up to the White Mountains. I don't think we really like we hiked Manadnock we hiked like um Morgan and Percival like oh, some of the little ones but then we like just jumped right into 4000 footers and I was like Carter where like I was a speed demon so I was running up the mountains leaving everyone in the dust like my dad would go like and my mom and my sisters were miserable <laughs> but uh, we did a bunch mm-hmm. of that um and then it kind of, you know, it tapered off. My dad blew out his knee, uh, coming down Lafayette and Lincoln. So that kind of, um, ended that for a little while. And then, you know, I was a rebellious teenager, so I'm not going to do anything that, you know, anyone wants me to, but then, <laughs> you know, a little older in my twenties, I got back into hiking like here and there. And then I had this little monster and, um, He's a very busy little child. And one day, and, you know, trying to keep him active and engaged and moving is difficult sometimes because what do you do with them? Because he's all he's always moving. And he was like, Well, I wanna go climb rocks. And I was like, okay. So we you know, we started poking around, like look layers. Blue Hills is only 20, 30 minutes from my house. So I think we we climbed like Great Blue Hill like a hundred times at this point, I think, by now. <laughs> And, um, yeah, it's cool. It's, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's not big, but it's, you know, challenging terrain in there. If you know, it's good practicing.
3: That's a neat area. That's super cool.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's rockier than you'd expect for just outside of Boston.
3: (laughs) Mike, that was one of my, um, my training grounds for the Mount Washington road
1: race. Yeah. It's like the, that's the best option for elevation close to Boston, I guess. Right. It's the highest area. With the Prudential Center.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> the uh, the ski slope side is super cool, super
1: steep, and brutal.
4: Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs>
3: oh
1: yeah.
4: Running by all the commuters.
1: So you got, so Carter, you had a lot of energy when you were a kid. So you sort of tested him out in Blue Hills. And w- at what point were you like, yeah, let's, let's try this New Hampshire stuff. Uh,
4: well, he got a little bored with, Blue Hill, you know, going to Blue Hills all the time. So I was like, you know, and I did a little re- and he's, he's pretty goal oriented. So, you know, I did a little research on like the tower list and like the belt naps and all of those. So I was like, you know what? We can go get patches. That'll be a fun goal for us. You know, we'll get, we'll do all these, you know, they're easier hikes. We can build into them. And, um, so we did the fire tower list. We did, um, what did we do? We did some of the Belknap's. We did some of the ossipes, you know, we kind of just started knocking off some of those. And then he wanted to go try something bigger. I was like, okay. I was like, are we ready for this? And, you know, I did my research. I kind of, you know, I asked a lot of stupid questions online, like everyone does. <laughs> yep. And we decided to go do Pierce. And he was four and he kicked ass. I mean, he was up there. You know, we had one little mini meltdown, probably halfway up and got over it, took a break. He was tired. You know, but we got once we got up above tree line, end of it, he was psyched. Just psyched! It was so cool, like seeing his face, seeing him at Washington for the first time, like that close. You know, it was really cool to see.
1: Yeah, and did was he? Did you guys talk a lot on trail, or were you kind of quiet when you did your hikes?
4: Oh, we talk a lot. We just like we talk yeah. a lot, yeah, about all sorts, and not just hike, you know all sorts of things. Like he, you know, his different interests. Like we and we, you know we make games out of it. You know, let's see how many like red mushrooms we can find. How many you know yellow mushrooms? Just, let's see how many frogs. We, like he kept a journal for ever about like, you know, how many frogs did we find this month? How many dogs did we see? Like that. So, you know, you make fun little games out of it. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think now that I'm thinking about this, like that was the one thing that I always used to do with. So I lost my other two. Like I did that, you know, that they just had want nothing to do with hiking. So I think that's step number one is like, don't blow them up to the to, to hiking. So it sounds like you tested Carter out in Blue Hills yeah. and, and sort of proceeded gradually. But I think for me, like the kids... My experiences is that kids like to talk during the hike. So what I would always do, and I I would put together like a list of all the topics that I knew that Caroline liked. Like it was always like Harry Potter and Pokemon, yeah. and all these different things when she was little. And I would like study, and then I actually would like sometimes I'd even have a piece of paper where I'd be like, all right, well it's getting quiet now. She seems like she's. I feel like when the kids get quiet, that's when the meltdowns can happen. Yes, absolutely. And I would sort of like purposely be like, okay, well let's start talking about Harry Potter and I'll ask a few <laughs> questions, and then. Like she'd forget, yeah. So I don't. Did you do you did that oh, stuff with Carter too? Yep,
4: absolutely. You know, you know, you you get quiet. He's either hungry or he's tired or he's upset. Half the time it's hungry. You know, you pull out that like extra special snack. I always made sure I had something interesting, like especially when it's real little. You know, pull out a Starbucks, you pull out a piece of pizza, and it's like the world changes and everyone is happy, and you know we can go for ten more miles. It feels like because we're in a much better mood. You know. Yeah. You talk about like Minecraft or, you know, things that he really loved and he was, it would just be a mood lifter instantly. And you know, he'd keep going and he'd be fine. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So that's that's a trick that I will tell people is like, put together a list ahead of time, whether it's in your mind or on a piece of paper with more topics than you think you're ever going to need. Yeah. You know, if you're going to be on a four to eight hour hike, like have a list of 15 different topics that you know that the, you know, you can engage yeah. uh, your your child with when you're hiking, because the, you got to go into distraction mode when they start melting.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, it's like I'm, a full-on like magpie so you know we'd search for like cool rocks to bring home and like stuff like that too so that would all be a fucking be like oh look at this rock. oh let's go let's go like you know 10 more feet and like let's go look at that rock up there and see what that looks like and oh do you think you heard a squirrel let's go find that squirrel like stuff like that yeah
3: oh yeah oh see that's that's cool because i i would do that trick too carter make sure the rocks are really heavy and big carter yeah
4: I used to joke that, you know, the more rocks I put in his backpack that he, um, the slower he would hike, I would hope, but it never worked. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. What about, um, what about his gear? So when he started, if he was young, like four or five, yeah. obviously he's growing quite a bit, but uh, what did you, did you did you mostly carry his stuff or did you have him carry his own pack or did that evolve over time? Well,
4: I made the deal with him when he was little that if we were going to hike, start hiking like bigger and bigger mountains, he was going to start carrying some stuff. So, I mean, obviously, you know, he's a 30 pound kid. He's not carried that much, but he had a little backpack. He carried a little bit of water, a couple of snacks. He carried Digger, his anteater. Every single hike we've ever been on, Digger has gone on. So
1: okay.
4: yeah, Digger right there. <laughs> And um, oh, nice, <laughs> so, yeah. And, um, I mean, I, people will argue all the time and you see it all over the pages online and stuff, you know, do kids need good gear? Can they just go in a pair of sneakers? And honestly, I know it's expensive. Kids grow, it sucks, but the better gear, the happier they are. Like whether you buy it, use, you know, you bank, borrow, steal from like your friends who have kids, uh, you know, buy online on like resale groups, the better gear you have, the easier it is, honestly.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And for the most part, like I noticed, and maybe I'm wrong about this, I know you definitely hiked with people occasionally. Yeah. But for the most part, it's just you and Carter for yeah. most of the hikes. like Absolutely. in your, you And you don't do weekend hikes either, I don't think, right? It's mostly midweek stuff?
4: Yeah. Uh, I mean, we do more weekend now because so when he was younger, I was only bartending on the weekends and then I was home all day. Um during the okay. week, so it was easier for us to go during the week, especially in the summertime where he you know he's off from school and stuff like that. um but now we kind of switched it up well, and now he's got sports every day all the time. so uh, but we've kind of switched it up where we can go on weekends more often now, which is nice and then John, my husband will come with us sometimes, you know if you if you know if he wants or whatnot. so it's kind of nice now that we can kind of go we have more openness to go like more on the weekends versus you know, s- school and like, do I work on a Saturday? I worked every Saturday. Like it was hard to like, you know, go meet up with like, you know, people you meet online and stuff like that. Cause they'd have weekends free and I'd never have weekends free. So.
1: Got it. Got it. And then um, as far as the 4,000-footer list, at some point, I, it sounds like you were sort of just, just hiking to hike. And, yeah. And, and you were familiar with the, with the White Mountains and exploring the Ossipies and the Bel, the Belknaps and all that. But at what point did it turn from we're just doing hiking to I really want to focus on completing the 4,000-footer list?
4: Um, it could- like you know we started like picking at them a little bit and the like more i kind of like posted online and people are like oh my god he's so young like oh you should you should just like really just get him in there and i was like yeah if he wants to and then like you know we kind of carter and i sat down and we kind of like looked at the mountains and we're like all right well what's realistic how can we do this and it kind of just became like all right let's just pick him off as we can and um you know when we finish we finish and When he was six, we finished like almost exactly two years after, since we we hiked our first Mount Pierce.
1: Well, and then how did you go about picking the the peaks in order? Because I remember, like, I definitely remember you t- sort of lamenting about, like, oh my god, how am I going to do b- the bonds and, and Owl's oh. Head? Um, <laughs> but how did you go about like picking the order that you were going in?
4: Um, I asked a lot of questions. I read, I have read the White Mountain guides, the Four Thousand Footer guide, like front to cover. I probably, I don't even know how many times I like halfway haven't memorized. I feel like at this point, so I would try to um
3: that'd be quite a task oh
4: god well i'm a fast reader so that helps yeah. <laughs> but um we would um i would you know i kind of like and I, you know they, you go on the website like that four thousand 40footers.com, they kind of like listed out in like varying difficulty and i would kind of look at that and i would look at the maps and be like you know what all right this is a mileage we can handle this is an elevation we can handle and i do it in like groups so like you know we do like we did like uh we did Pierce, we did Musilaki, we did Cannon, and, you know, kind of like some of the easier ones at first, just to, like, you know, get used to be the Osceolas um, and just kind of built up, you know, the better, longer, as he got better at longer hikes, and me too, honestly, um, we just kind of upped the challenge a little bit more. And he was, and the more, like, harder the hikes, like, the rockier the hikes, the happier he was. So, you know, he's
1: Got it. And did you, when, as you started getting into it, so you started with like Pierce, Musilaki, Cannon as some of the easier ones. As you started getting into it, did you have like a streak of hikes where like there was no meltdowns and he was pretty smooth? Like I would assume that eventually it becomes sort of like, it almost you manage it like you would manage your gear, like you know ahead of time, like okay, I've got to switch this gear to that gear, like yeah. you know, like okay, he might melt down here. Let me give him his favorite snack.
4: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Don't let me get him
1: distracted.
4: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, You kind of just like knew, like you, I mean, you, you know, your kids too. Like you can just tell from their face sometimes. You're like, all right, well, he's starting to lag. You know, all right, let's take a break. Let's, you know, but, but we did have a good. We did have lots of good. We did. He was an easy kid. Like really, he didn't melt down that much you know um if it was hot or you know we had a couple really buggy hikes that like i mean we were both miserable so (laughs) that didn't help but i like um tom and field really stands out to me like it was we went on like a like the most perfect autumn day you could like possibly it was like 40 like the leaves were gorgeous there was like no one else out there um and you know it was his first time seeing gray jay so that was like super exciting um and we just had like like the best hike like ever like it was just we were in a good mood you know we got up to avalon real fast um and it was just it was a really nice hike and like that stands out to me as like one of the like i don't even think he melted down like once like we saw a guy finish on tom it was cool
1: that's cool but you had to you had by that time you had worked your way up so you knew sort of like okay i've tested him with easier hikes yeah I've sort of understood what potential flags there are for melting down. I have an understanding of his physical ability. Absolutely. Um, So those are sort of the key things I think to think about when you're hiking. Absolutely. And
4: it's like, and you know what? You can't be afraid to turn around either. Like we turned around on hail twice, hail of all mountains.
1: Oh no. Yeah.
4: (laughs) Once (laughs) in the spring. And then once we tried to do it in the winter and it just, both times it just, it, it was not in the books for us at all. Like, we like we got on like a mile up Zealand Road and he lost his mind and I was like, All right, we'll just go home. It's fine. You know what? It's fine. We'll just go home. No big deal. We stopped, we got lunch, everything was good and you just I mean, especially with young kids, you can't be afraid to turn around
1: yeah yeah and that's a good point because my guess is that like and I do see like a fair number of parents posting where their kids are hiking and and I know when I did the 4,000 footer list like the idea of turning around sucked oh, because yeah. you're like oh I, you know I want to check off that box especially like if you're really goal oriented you know not to mention like you're driving up from Massachusetts yeah. like you get you know it's like it's a four hour yeah, ride absolutely. you're investing yeah, and then you don't get to check that box off like but I think that's an important point is that even if you are goal oriented and, you know, you really want to get that peak, if your kid's not feeling it, like you got to turn around because if you don't, you're going to cross that red line yeah. and then you're never going to get them out again.
4: Nope, never. Like, you don't like, don't make it a miserable experience for them. You know, if they're not feeling it, just stop. Like, and you can go ahead. And you can, they're not going anywhere. You can go back.
1: Do you have any thoughts about like, I, I always, and Stomp, I'd be curious about your thoughts too on this, but like the nature versus nurture, are there just some kids that are just, they're going to be more open to hiking and then there's some kids that are just not going to be open to hiking or can you actually create that in your kid or is it, it's probably a mix of both, but I don't know. What do you think, Jill?
4: I think I, I would say it's more I would say it's more nature than nurture because if they're gonna like it they're gonna like it i mean and you're probably gonna know if you have a you know an active outdoorsy kid you come from an active outdoorsy family maybe you can nurture it a little bit but if they're, you're not gonna have a kid a four or five year old that's gonna want to hike five miles like every time like I, I and like you can nurture from that like you know if they like they want to go out and walk on a trail for two miles cool you know next next week you do three miles and you go from there but not every kid is going to want to go out there and hike for miles and miles and miles and be perfectly happy the other time. The entire time, some kids, you know, they want to play soccer. They don't want to, you know, they want to hang out with their friends. They don't want to, you know, go out and yeah, that's
3: walk a good way to put woods. it.
4: Yeah, <laughs>
3: I think it's definitely a mixture of both. I mean, every child is different in their own way, but you can still work within uh, their personalities and likes and dislikes and yeah. develop some level of appreciation for hiking.
4: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you don't, you know, if they don't like mountains and whatever. You can go on a nature trail. You can go for a bike ride. I mean, there's other ways to get outside. It's not just, but I think like for hiking specifically, it's more of a nature thing. And then you, you nurture it to, you know, make it more fun or enjoyable and see different things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, As far as like the, sort of the key thing that stands out to me from this conversation that I, the audience would probably want to think about is it sounds like And I hadn't thought about this until now that we're talking about it, but it sounds like much like, you know, when you're trying to get that sort of sixth sense developed around uh, safety on the trail, Mm -hmm. you also as a parent need to get that sixth sense developed on when your kid is not feeling it and either take steps, whether it's food or drink or distraction with conversations or just a rest, whatever it takes, like you have to be ahead of that, like you can't let it hit yeah and then deal with deal with the meltdown and if you do you got to be willing to very quickly just sort of pull the plug on it i think yeah
4: oh absolutely like. yeah no you do and um and like, like with, with carter specifically like it, it took me a while to figure it out to even still now it's hard to sometimes it's hard to figure out um i mean he has adhd it's it, you know so that attention sometimes is always there too so like his mood can switch quickly sometimes so it's like learning to like figure that out too uh, on top of everything else is it's tough sometimes but you know i think we we do a pretty good job of managing it especially out you know you're five miles out of the woods i mean what are you gonna do (laughs) like you're gonna you're gonna figure it out one way or another you know
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Exactly. So those, uh, so the big hikes, like, and I I remember like vividly, like you posting about like, you know, I did this hike and now like the list is getting shorter and I got to figure out what we're going to do for the Bonds. So can you talk a little bit about what it, for, I'm assuming the Bonds, I'm assuming Owl's Head, maybe like Gale Head, Kerrigan. I don't know what other peaks like would be really tough, but how did you approach those long, long hikes?
4: Well, the Bonds was Fairly easy to approach because we just stayed halfway through, stayed overnight, so we just kind of broke it up into two okay. days, so that was easier. Um, Gale had we did Gale Head with the twins, so we just you know we did that big, like, kind of half circle loop. And uh, I don't remember, Ed, look, the water crossings were challenging as heck, but um, it wasn't that Owl's Head was tough, just lengthwise, like Owl's Head was a tough one. It was all, I think we left at like seven and we didn't get back to the car to like seven. It was a long day. And, and Lincoln Woods is just mind numbing. Like, especially at the end. <laughs> and for everyone.
1: Did you guys start getting recognized by people? Cause there's not that many little kids. We
4: did. And it's terrible. Cause like people are like, Oh my God, it's you. And I'd be like, I don't know who you are.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. And they're like, Oh, we talk online all the time. I'm like, cool. <laughs> But yeah, no, we definitely did. Like, you know, and then it would be funny because like, especially where like you intersect like at the huts or like you intersect with the, the AT a lot. Like all the through hikers were like fascinated with him. They were just like, how old are you? They're like, who there's pictures from like, I'm sure like like he took a huge group photo on top of Adams somewhere with like 30 hikers. Uh, that's floating around somewhere. I'm sure I wish I oh, got cool. someone's name to like take a bit, but they were just fascinated with him. That was also the Um, hike we ran into a naked man. But whoops!
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We've uh, me and Stomp. We've talked about naked (laughs) hikers before. So that that happens. Um, What about like safety stuff? Like, did you have any close calls? Any injuries? Any crazy weather stories? Any Mm. moments where you were like, I may have to hit nine one one?
4: Not really. Um, Weather wise, but we did Zealand. So (laughs) when we did Zealand, we hadn't bit the bullet and bought one of those garments yet. Um, we were just kind of, you know, praying by, uh, the cell phone service there, but we got caught in like a nasty rainstorm coming down. So it took a lot longer coming down. Um, and then John was like super worried. It took us, it probably was ended up being like a 12 hour, like hike. just slippery. It was pouring rain. We couldn't see anything. It was thundering. It was just, it sucked. So, by the time I got, like, back in the car, back to service, he was, like, ready to call, like, 911 because he was, like, where the hell are you? Like, whatever. So, like, yeah. after that, we bought a car. And so, like, he could, like, you know, see where we were and stuff like that. Um, never had that, never had any real injuries. He froze up on the tri-slides, though, which made me super nervous because um, he usually didn't. But, like, that last, like, real steep section that I think everyone, like, mm-hmm. talks about, he got we kind of, like, and I had learned at that point to kind of let him choose, like, which way to go, because it was a lot easier than trying to, like, manage and be like, no, you should go this way. He was a lot better at picking out, like, his own route. Like, what he thought was manageable for him. So he was kind of, like, to the side of me, and he froze, and I was like, fuck. (laughs) So I had to, like, spider crawl, like, sideways to, like, help him get up, and he's freaking out, and we were hiking for the first time with Hannah and her dogs, and she was like, are you guys okay? I'm like, I just need a minute. Like... It's um, it, like he's like clinging to the rock. I'm like trying to get to him. I'm like trying to like shove him up to like a flat spot so he can like kind of compose himself and like relax and you like, be like, okay, I'm okay. I'm not sliding. Everything is fine. You know, so that was a little scary, but we've never had any real like injury injuries. We had some gnarly water crossings at like, uh, Liberty spring when we did, um, Liberty, we were going to do Liberty and flume, but getting up Liberty took us, we did went, like shoulder season, which was, you know, a genius idea and uh, yeah. we, you know, uh, I waded through the water. This very nice gentleman that was like kind of you know flip flopping with us helped me get Carter across on like a wet log. Like it was just a, a mess, and we probably should have just turned around, but we didn't.
1: <laughs> me and Stomp had some issues with water crossings on on Liberty before yeah. too in the f- minus twenty degree weather, mm. so I get it yeah. for sure. Um, all right. So I do want to move on to, I want to talk to Carter yeah. a little bit in a minute, but I guess Jill, like a couple, you already mentioned a little bit of these, but like, if you were going to look at like doing the 4,000 footer, like what are the starter hikes from your perspective?
4: I would say Pierce's, I will always say Osceola. If you don't go from Greeley Ponds, it's probably the easiest out of all of them. In my opinion, yep. I think, it. I mean, we flew up that in no time. Um, yeah, I, I think Eisenhower is fairly manageable and you get the good views and that summit is fun. (laughs) I mean, if you can deal with the distance, I think, but it's a manageable trail Pierce, obviously Jackson, if your kids like rocks and they're you know, you're comfortable with them kind of doing a little bit of scrambling. That's a good one for kids. I think because uh, it's just it's fun it's fun you know what i mean yeah
1: and you've moved on too so you're doing are you like focused on a list like are you doing the 52 with a view right now or
4: we are we're like halfway a little over halfway through the 50 we've been kind of you know once we got done with the 4,000 photos and like we were so like you know we were like all right we're gonna get this done we're gonna get done by he before he turns seven you know we're just gonna do it and then like after that i was like you know what i don't want to deal with lists for a little bit and then he was like well what list are we doing next and i was like all right so we've been picking away at the 52 with a view. We've been picking away at like we did. Um, we've been picking away at the 100 highest because why not? You know, we did the peak above the novel this summer, which is fun. Not really a bushwhack, but kind of a bushwhack. So that was for something like different. You know, he, he thought that, <laughs> he thought that was a blast. So we'll pick out some more of those to do.
1: Yeah.
4: Um, <laughs> oh.
1: And if he's doing uh, if he's doing wrestling and basketball and skiing, does he do those winter sports because you're purposely trying to avoid winter hiking, Jill? Or is that just the way it happened?
4: Um, Yes, (laughs) no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, I am trying to avoid winter hiking as much as possible. But but no, he wanted to do wrestling. He wanted to do basketball and he likes skiing. So those were his choices, not mine. (laughs)
1: Awesome. All right. Huh. Well, I'm going to, Carter, this is your moment. I'm going to start asking you some questions here. So, Jill, thank you You're for welcome. your perspective. And we'll we'll definitely throw it back to you in a minute. But, Carter, me and Stomp are going to ask you some questions here, all right? So, the first question I had for you is, what is your earliest memory of hiking?
2: Um. So, um, when I went to Mount Washington the first time, I really liked the views and, like, the hot dogs at the top.
1: nice yeah i love the hot dogs too so when you get up there you get a hot dog and a coke and some chips and then you feel like you can hike the rest of the way no problem right
2: not the coke but the rest (laughs) okay i like
1: i like the coke so you can have apple juice yes yes. you
3: guys must have loved uh canon
2: yeah yeah
3: yeah that's another
1: snack bar right Yeah, and Carter, in oh, yeah. your opinion, what were some of the things that your mom did to keep hiking enjoyable for you?
2: Um, she made f- she has brought fun snacks and b- let me bring Digger.
1: Oh, she brought Digger, the stuffed animal. Yes. very cool. What about uh, what advice do you have for some other kids that are just getting into hiking? What would you tell them?
2: Start easy. Eat. Work your way up. Look for animals. Enjoy views. And look for interesting things.
1: Okay. Did you ever see any animals? Did you see any bears or or moose or anything?
2: I didn't see bears, but I I think we saw a moose once. You did? Yes.
1: That's cool. That's the same with me. I've never seen a bear either, but I saw a moose out on uh, Hedgehog, which was very cool. Do you have a, um, Cardi, do you have a favorite mountain that you like? Mount Washington. (laughs) Mount Washington. Even with the crowds, you like it? Yeah. Hot dogs are a big sell. Yeah, I guess they are. I, I can't say I blame you. Now, did you, who was in charge of picking your hikes, Carter? Did you do a lot of the research or did your mom um, decide which hikes were going to be um, next for you?
2: I kind of, we kind of did half and half.
1: Okay. When you finish the 4,000 footers, yeah. so I don't think the audience is, we've never really talked about this, but when you finish the 4,000 footers, you get to put in an application and then you get a patch and then you get to go to the the celebration dinner where they, they hand out awards in front of people. So can you talk a little bit about what was that dinner like? Did anything interesting happen for you there?
2: That was such a long time ago, I don't
4: actually remember
1: <laughs> did, did he? He got a pretty big round of, a, yeah. round of ovations ovation. He got right? like
4: a standing ovation at the end. Yeah, he was running around that's giving funny. everyone high fives. It was funny. <laughs> well, we got a good right, video Carter, of it.
1: What is your? That's awesome. Uh, well, if uh, if you have that video, Jill, send that to us okay. and put it in the show sure. notes. Yeah, Carter, what um what is your favorite podcast?
2: Um, this podcast.
1: That's the right answer, <laughs> right there, buddy. <laughs> That is good answer. What um what were your thoughts about these really long hikes like the Bonds and Owl's Head? Were you nervous about those, or were you were you ready for them when you?
2: I was kind of ready for them, and I tried to stay positive. I took breaks when needed. Um, I brought my sleeping bag, obviously, for if, if you're going camping, you bring your sleeping bag. Mm-hmm. And. Make sure you bring good snacks because it's going to be a long hike, and play games.
1: Yeah, that's that seems to be a theme with you is the, the good snacks. What about um, what about your mom? The, did she do any? Does she do anything on trail that annoys you? Like I feel like, and I don't have, I don't know this for sure, but I feel like you're constantly waiting for her to catch up to you. Is that true?
4: Sometimes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes he comes back to find me.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cool. All right, Stomp, you got any questions for Carter here?
3: Well, yeah, you stole my thunder because um, I, I, um, I love the fun snack thing. It's like, Carter, do you think that adults deserve fun snacks too?
2: Yes, absolutely.
3: Okay, so what what is a fun snack? I need to know.
2: Like pizza, hot dogs.
3: Oh, oh. We um,
4: went through a pickle excellent. period where we brought pickles. Yes.
3: Oh, pickles! Yeah, well, the the adults have tapped into the pickle thing recently. Yeah. So, yeah, okay.
2: Adults like pickles.
3: Excellent. Cool. <laughs> Thanks. I'm
1: yes. gonna pack. Start packing some pizza. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you, you know what else I wanted to ask you, Carter yeah. and Jill? You can you can chime in on this. So, rumor has it your mom is like a is like a animal freak. She loves dogs and stuff. Yeah. You never took dogs on your hikes though, did you?
2: We sometimes did on the short ones.
1: The short ones, yeah, but you never had the four thousand footers.
2: Not really. Uh,
4: Vader took Vader. Went, Vader went up ca- uh, Cabot with us, but he's um not the nicest dog, so I had to be like real picky about where I took him. But
1: got it, got yeah. It. But we took. So it wasn't that they're not capable? It's just they're not super.
4: Yeah, like one of like friendly on trail. Yeah, the older one would would be would have been capable if she was younger. But by the time we started hiking, she was like a little old and beat up joints, and the other one's kind of a. Dink, so, <laughs> but we know we hiked with Hannah and her dogs. So that was we kind made up for her with by uh, substituting other people's dogs. Yes, Titus. <laughs>
1: nice shout out to Hannah and Titus.
4: <laughs> um,
1: huh. So then Jill, if I'm going to summarize this, then it sounds like the roadmap for making sure that you have a successful hiking child or a relationship with your child when you're hiking is there's a little bit of a sort of a like natural inclination you need to spot that first of all. Yeah. You can't force it. Then you need to sort of start locally Don't push them too hard. Don't go any distance or elevation that you think that they can't handle. Once you've sort of done your local thing and done a lot of sort of nature walks, then you can sort of test it with the shorter hikes, maybe like check out the Mount Majors of the world or the Ossipes. And then when you do start the 4,000 footers, Pierce, Cannon, Musilaki. And then the key here sounds like you have to have an arsenal of snacks. You've got to have your topics of conversation. You've got to have your uh, sort of nature topics. And you've got to sort of be very attuned to making sure that when when the meltdown or the quiet period comes, that you're getting ahead of that and you never want to push your kid. And then you also need to be willing to sort of pull the plug if they're not feeling it.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean... Carry about triple the amount of food that um, you think you're going to need because it's like a nonstop vacuum, honestly. Especially, you get growing kids and they're burning more calories than they've probably ever burned in their life, you know, hike it up, whatever. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think just managing, you know, knowing your kid, managing what you think they can manage. And, you know, it's okay to push a little bit, you know, as things get harder and, you know, they want to, if they're willing to progress. But you don't want to push too hard to, um, you know, make them hated. And you, yeah. yes, the, the I think that's the big takeaway. You know, people will post stuff online all the time. They're like, oh, my kid did this, you know. But I feel like you're posting all the good, and like no one wants to hear about the bad. And there is, I mean, there's bad. There's tears. There's always. There's going to be tears. They're kids. I mean, it's life. It happens. <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah, And I definitely, that's the thing that always stood out to me about you is that you sort of gave the straight picture and it wasn't all, you know, perfect. And, you know, you get obviously great pictures and whatnot, yeah. but it was the sort of the good, bad and ugly. Yeah. So, I mean,
4: we were miserable um, when we hiked isolation. I never want to see that mountain again. It's beautiful up top, but I never want to hike it again.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> a long one. So, huh. So, Stomp, anything else? Lenny.
3: Yeah, I just wanted to mention that, um, you know, we're talking more for the older kids in the, uh, the the group here, but there are plenty of folks that have infants, uh, you know, zero to 12 months, that um, there's a ton of information and resources out there for you to get started yeah. if, if you have a baby. Um, you know, when it comes to packing, apparently... Like a, a baby, a newborn can't be in a backpack, nope. so it has to be in a sling in the front for a good six months or so. Yeah. Um, a couple tips with young ones like that. Uh, you know, get your child used to the carrier before you hit the trail. Uh, pick nap time, which is pretty interesting, so that they fall asleep.
4: Yeah. <laughs> we saw lots of sleeping babies.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, protect the baby from sun and just colder weather. Uh I guess if, if your baby is formula-fed, then powdered weight is less. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, and as they get older, you can do little tricks like giving them colorful water bottles so that they hydrate more often and strategies like that. So do some research if you do have a real little guy out there. Um, you know, you want to make sure that they're safe. But I think that's a great way to uh, get them into hiking at an even earlier Absolutely. age.
2: Absolutely.
1: Oh yeah, that's a good point, Stomp. Actually, like with the water situation, I know my kids. Like when I I used to do water bottles, but then I got them the bladders yeah. with the with the and that was like the best. Absolutely. They thought that was so yeah. cool. Of course, they had to go the they had to stop for nature breaks every five seconds, <laughs> but it's still and yeah, you have, you have
3: flavorings too. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Stomp. We, yeah, lots of flavoring. We
4: use the uh, liquid IV all the time in the water too, which you know makes it slightly more interesting than just boring water too. But there's definitely the good point with the bladder too. I mean, um, and you know, because then you're not stopping trying to dig out a water bottle like every thirty seconds because someone is thirsty. They can kind of be a little more in control of how much they're drinking too, which is you know yeah. nice for them.
1: Yeah. Now, did did Carter take a lot of pictures when you were on the hike? Because that's one thing I used to do with my kids is I'd be like, "Here's my phone," or I would have them bring. I mean, it was so long ago. I actually had like disposable cameras yeah. and stuff that they would bring and take pictures. But I don't know. Did did, did you guys do a lot of photography? I
4: didn't do a ton. No, like I took more pictures. I think than he was too busy running ahead of me for <laughs> stopping to take pictures. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Awesome. Well, Carter, any last thoughts before we're we're, we're going to move on to our next topic, which you guys will sit through, sit in and on, so you can talk about it too. But any any last thoughts about like hiking with kids? Not really. Okay. Well, you did a pretty good job. That's pretty impressive that you. So you were what six when you finished the four thousand footers? I didn't finish those those that darn list until I was forty nine. So you're doing pretty pretty well compared <laughs> to me. <laughs> Awesome. Well thanks, Jill. You're and um, we're gonna move on to the next subject. So we'll definitely be throwing some questions to you on sure. this here. So Stomp, I wanted to do another like hiking highlight because I'm going to we didn't cover recent hikes because I don't think we have much going on, but I'm yeah. I'm gonna be doing I think I'm going solo. Like my my weekend hike with Tom fell apart, so I think by the mm-hmm. time this airs I'll have gone hiking. And right now I'm thinking about like I was picking away at the winter four thousand footer list, but I think I'm going to go try Mount Adams and Mount Madison together oh, nice. on a solo trip it's on a good Monday. Choice. So I figured we'd just talk about that that trip because it's a good good winter hike. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. So, Stomp, you want to talk about your experiences on these two peaks? Oh man, yeah. I mean i've
3: <clears throat> I've done Madison and Adams from every direction possible. I think at this point, every season too. It's probably my favorite location to go to, even over Mount Washington. Uh, it is just the pinnacle of uh, hiking in the Northeast to, for me. I've yet to do, you know, uh, Katahdin, of course, but uh, at the moment, this is the place to go. Absolutely stunning. Every time I've gone, it's been mind-blowing, whether it's, over, you know, socked in or if, if it's clear,
1: just mind-blowing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. And I think I've done it from every direction, I would actually challenge you, Stomp, because I bet you, you have not done Adams via Israel Ridge, the near side of the Castle Castle Ravine. For me, I think, you know, the routes on Adams are typically, like most people will park at Appalachia, which is like the main parking lot on Route 2, and they'll go up either Airline or Valley Way. I always think about you know for me my default is to go up airline because it's a better view but if there's wind conditions and things like that then you a lot of people will duck down in a valley way i always feel like valley way is like the super highway and it's too crowded for me so any chance i can to avoid crowds i'm doing it so i'd like to take airline unless the weather's really sketchy but i don't know stomp if you have or jill if you guys have a thought on that those are good trails but um Honestly, my favorite is
3: Osgood. That that's my all time favorite approach to Madison, and it's on the lee side too, which is a little safer for the uh, the windier conditions. Um, It's just you know fall summit after fall summit, and it's all exposed after the first mile or so, which is just beautiful. So that's that's one of my favorites.
4: I mean, we when we did it, so we went out with the idea of we were going to do Madison, and then we were going to. Maybe do Adams, maybe not do Adams, like depending on how long Madison took. So we just went up Valley Way, got to the hut, dropped her stuff, went up to Madison in a in pretty quick. So we went over to Adams from um, Madison and down Airline, which was um, a little bit different than everyone else does it. But I hadn't necessarily planned on doing both of them, but we did. I thought going from Madison to Adams was going to kill me, but we did it. Um, and, you know, he rocked it, of mm-hmm. course. Um, and, you know, I liked, I honestly liked Valley way, you know, it was when we went, it was quiet. There was no one there. Um, you know, we picked up about 20 turkey feathers on the way, <laughs> which was, you know, fun for him, you know, as a little kid. Um, but, you know, and, you know, we met, there was a couple like, there was that big group of AT hikers, like I said before, there's a big group of AT hikers that were, um, you know, trying to knock off the, um. 48 while they were kind of in the area so that was fun we saw a man with no clothes on coming up airline which was interesting um choice for him
3: <laughs> getting the air yeah he was at uh, airline getting the yeah,
4: air yeah he was i mean he was respectful like he saw that there was a little kid and he put some pants on pretty quick but uh
1: I, I ver- that was nice
4: yes him. i very much remember carter was like mom he's not wearing pants i was like yeah don't worry about it it's just
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the, so for Mount Adams in particular, I think for winter hiking, it does get tricky. Yeah. Like you can definitely do um, some, some routes, lake. but for the most part, you're sort of... I think for the most part, most people will go, they'll start from Appalachia and then there's Valley Way and Airline. But the other way to think about with Mount Adams is especially if you're going to the Randolph Mountain Club has two huts. Yeah. They have Grey Knob and then Crag Crab Camp. And that's actually a cool hike, just like if you want to take your kids to just go to the huts to check that out. You've, you would, The direction you would want to go on that particular hike is you would leave Appalachia and then you would follow to Lowe's Path. Mm-hmm. And then go up Lowe's path, and that's going to take you to Gray Knob, which is a cabin that actually has a stove in it, and it's first come first serve. I don't know what the situation is with COVID. How you know if they're limiting the amount of people that can sleep up there? First time I went and I slept over the uh, slept over there was like forty people, and there it was crazy. Um, and then about a quarter mile down from Gray Knob. Is there's a little link trail that takes you to Crag Camp, which is not heated, and that there's no caretaker there. Um, and I've stayed there a couple of nights in like really cold weather, but it's just cool to be in those. Uh, so the the Crag Camp overlooks. Um, what is that um king ravine I forget the name of the ravine king yeah. ravine exactly which is amazing and then gray knob looks like it's right out of like lord of the rings when you get in there it's 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 an amazing so that is a cool thing about Adams is it does have those two um cabins and you can just stop there on your way up to the peak of Adams, and then you would come across um you you'd come from the the sort of due south side of Adams, i think or no but uh, Directionally, I'm getting confused, but you you basically can summit Adams and then go down uh, a couple of different routes to get to the Madison hut and then summit Madison and then go out Valley Way. The other option is uh, most people will tend to start by um, summiting Mad- Madison first and then head over to Adams and then head out. But I don't know, Stomp, what your what your thoughts yeah, are. On that. I
3: generally do Madison first and then head down after I summit Adams. Uh, no, no particular reason
1: just habit yeah
2: <laughs>
1: yeah yeah exactly and that's mostly the winter like when it, when it comes to summer there's like a million yeah. different routes in that area but mm-hmm. but um stomp what about like some lesser traveled ways so like, you talked about the osgood trail what what else what other directions would you hit this from?
3: well i mean for winter i'm not entirely sure about king ravine but in warmer weather king ravine to the you know to the gulf side trail is, is amazing you get to go through subway and then up um the summit that's a neat way um this time of the year you'd have to check to see if it's broken out but butchers trail from the great gulf is a beautiful trail too it takes you to the star lake side which you know would give you an option to either go up to the summit of adams um via star lake or you could head over to madison um i think if you're you're people phobic like me um those are some good options you know just to avoid the
1: folks
4: subway's been on my bucket list for some time
3: Oh yeah. It's excellent.
1: Subway's nice. I did that this summer when I was um, finishing up the the Terrifying 25. Maybe it was two summers ago. I can't remember. But that whole area there is just um, amazing. The King Ravine Trail is just awesome in the summertime. Yeah. But I don't know. I think in the – I would assume – I know Jeff Rogers and his friend like climbed that and skied down it. But I would assume that that is like an ice mm. climbing, mountaineering route yeah. in the – in the winter but for most people if you're gonna do the winter I think like stomp said Madison goes first you can you can hit it from the Great Gulf and go up Osgood um, but most people will hit it from Valley Way and an airline and then when you're coming from if assuming that you do Madison first then you would come back down to Madison Hut and from there you've got really two options to make your way up to um, the the peak of Adams, you can either make your way over towards the Gulf side trail and then reconnect with airline, which is sort of like the, sort of the front, the Northern approach. And then what a lot of people do and what I've done a couple of times, which I think is really enjoyable is taking the Star Lake trail. And that sort of brings you around from the Southern approach. The only risk with the Star Lake trail is that there is a snowfield there that gets a little bit sketchy in the winter.
3: Gotcha. Do you know anything about uh, Pine Lincoln and Hauker Ridge? I've not done that approach to Madison. And that's like the northeast side, th- I guess.
1: Yeah, the only thing I, I have to do that because I think I've mostly redlined most of this area. But the only thing I'm aware of is like I've done Pine Mountain. Uh, and, you know, I know where the trailhead is for pine link but there's also watson path as well that a lot of people take and i've heard people talk about like pine link and, and hawker ridge as good alternatives in the summertime because like i said there's there's like a, an army of people that march up valley way and a lot of people don't even know that you can approach from pine pine link or, or hawker ridge yeah. trail yeah. so those are good options to avoid the crowds got it so yeah, it's good stuff.
3: Did I ever tell you the story about uh, Nick Rolone and, and myself? Uh, we had a plan to do a Northern Prezi. No, do, do you know this story? Oh, dude, it was like midwinter. So, I no, I don't. I don't think this you is. Told me. This is probably Stomp's closest call to a rescue. I think. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, it's like we we had great weather and it was midwinter so we get up to uh the the famous sign at the top of uh airline or Valleyway, whichever it is about the worst weather and turn back now and we took the Mm -hmm. shortcut to the hut as opposed to going straight ahead to the gulf side trail we were going to do madison first and we got bogged down in shoulder deep snow for about 45 minutes Um, just post hole after post hole after post hole. And it's, it's a moment of divine providence because we got to Madison and the whole morning we're looking West and we see this massive black wall of, you know, high pressure and low pressure, just this massive black beast that's just sitting there waiting to develop and uh, devour us. So by the, because of that 45 minutes, we get up to Adams and it whacked us like, there was no tomorrow. Frozen goggles, We could barely see getting down. So we we bailed out down um, Valley. <clears throat> um, but had that forty five minutes not happened, we would have been well on our way to like the next uh, mountain on the, like Jefferson, I suppose. So it's a really interesting story, man. But we t- Nick and I talk about it all the time.
1: Close call for sure. See, this yeah. is
4: why driving your kids to sports in the winter is much more ideal. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. You got the good situation. But it is, Stomp, it's a it's yeah. a good point because I, with especially with Matt, Madison, Adams, Washington, Jefferson, those northern presidentials, I always, you know, like I, my tolerance for risk is pretty high when I know that I've got visibility. Like the cold weather and the wind, I'm not as concerned about You do want to be yeah. concerned about it. But if you have visibility, if you don't have visibility Dude, terrifying. on those peaks, nah. you do not mess around yeah. at all. So, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the Monday's forecast right now, and it says it's going to be clear in the morning. So, I think we'll, well be I got to uh, tell you, okay. Mike, I mean, this, this morning was not forecast to be a bad day. It was supposed to
3: be steady and stable all day, and this, this monster just rolled in on us. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, we should get Nick in to talk about it because, I uh, mean, it was just such a weird day.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah. you just never know but I think you know Adams and, Jer- and, and Madison they're amazing hikes in oh, the winter yeah. they're amazing hikes in the summer but you just gotta keep an eye on the weather and realize that like you're you get a little bit of a heightened elevation of, of risk when, when you're going into that yeah. area yeah
4: just the exposure alone
1: oh yeah yep yeah, exactly so anything else on Adams or Madison that we want to talk about
3: no, just that the hut's really handy, you know, for the transition out of uh treeline to the the more exposed area. You can hide behind the hut and get dressed and get ready for the summits. That's that's good to know.
1: I would say the only other thing that I would call out is that in my opinion, in the White Mountains, whether it's winter or summer, for me the best photo location in the Whites is on the far side of Star Lake looking towards Mount Madison and it's like almost Madison looks almost like a perfect pyramid (laughs) with which star Lake, like sort of right in front of it. Mm -hmm. And I think if you, if you have the option a matter of fact, I'm looking at the picture of it right now. If you have the option to, uh, to take that star Lake versus just cutting over to the great Gulf, I would say take the star Lake and get that photo.
3: Yeah. And there's a great boulder there too, by star Lake that you can have lunch at somewhat out of the, uh, the wind. It's just such a great, beautiful area. Yeah. And then the spring, man, those snowfields on the backside of Adams as you're approaching
1: uh, on the Star Lake Trail, those are epic. Yeah, they were a little like uh, I was freaking out the first time I went across those, but I'm going to try it on Monday mm. and probably get up in that area there. So, But it's going to be it's frozen over, so I'll be bringing full cramp on, so it should be interesting. Oh, good luck. Yeah, yeah. yep, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So let's move on to our final segment here, which is sort of usually we do like recent search and rescue news, Carter. And a lot of times like we'll do stories about people that get in trouble, but no one's getting in trouble right now. So <laughs> I've got just two, two or three updates here. So one is stop. Remember we talked about the 10 essentials last week and we had that like that guy that was the, 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 the research that was like, you know, yeah maybe they're not all critical or whatever. And we kind of, we kind of just reemphasized that, the, you know, I wouldn't take that article. With a lot of um, a lot of seriousness, but the the fish and game department they put out a sort of an alert to exercise caution um, and be be prepared, aware and responsible when exploring this winter. And they just sort of reiterated that the the ten essentials should be brought for everybody that's out there. Yeah, absolutely. That that article caused a. Bit of Quite a
3: stir, um, you know. I get it. I get it to a point, but it doesn't mean you can slack on the ten because they're they're still valid and useful.
4: Yeah, and especially with the, the influx of like inexperienced people the past few years, just kind of thinking that they're gonna you know go out for a hike and it'll be fine. I think an article like that is more dangerous than not.
3: <laughs> yeah, it, it reminds me of the physical therapy conundrum because I think we talked to Andy Cannon about this. It's like, if you give somebody too many exercises. And I think he said it was four, I said it was six, then they're not going to do them. So I think like 10, like what if you added five more things, people are going to be like, ah, screw that. I'm not carrying all that.
1: Yeah, exactly. And what I always say too, is like, from my perspective, if you're an experienced hiker, the chance of you needing like a lot of the 10 essentials to sort of build yourself out is like, you know, yeah, maybe you might need them, but a lot of times you won't. But if you run across somebody on trail, that doesn't have this stuff, having it with you, it could save somebody's life or it could buy enough time to, for a rescue to happen. So it's better to just have this stuff and train yourself to be able to carry the weight versus like trying to go fast and light without, without any of this info or without any of these tools.
4: Oh, absolutely. And I like, I think of we, when we went up Tuckerman, um, we came across a guy who was not super prepared. He had drank all you know, I mean, he drank all his water, he had no food, like and I was comfortable enough where I gave him a bunch of my water, I gave him, I had I carry those little like electrolyte pills, I gave him a bunch of food and he had a friend with him and he seemed stable enough and they were calling someone to come get, you know, help him get down and whatnot. But um it was nice to be able to, you know, help him out a little bit, um to you know, get him a little better hydrated and right. feeling better before. Yeah. You know that someone showed up to like be able to get help, get them down versus. Yeah.
1: All right. So I think, you know, the 10 essentials carry them with you. I'll post it up on the, uh, the show notes again, as a reminder, Uh, and stay safe out there and then the last one here so our friend george that we had on it's funny like i i focus on like the search and rescue news and he's very involved in sort of like the ice fishing and fishing news and 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 sort of the water safety and he's been sending me a couple of heads ups about like uh, ice safety and there was like he sent a couple of articles and the the fishing game department just put out a caution for ice conditions because it's been so warm and there was a i saw a post like right before i i I logged in to do the podcast and it was like two or three cars on Winnipesaukee that went right in the, uh, right in the, the water. So I think if you're going to be on the ice right now, just be careful. I have no idea what the rules are about safety on ice. I just, my, my rule is that I don't go on ice (laughs) and I certainly don't take a car on there, but just, just be careful out there. And I I don't know, Stomp. do you have any experience on like ice fishing or going on frozen lakes?
3: No, none, none whatsoever. Just Joe snowshoeing over frozen lakes, but that's
1: a whole different ball game.
4: Yeah. I avoid ice. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Me too. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last story. So Carter dropped off. So this is actually a good story to do when he's not here because it talks about a family dying and we don't want to depress the kid. (laughs) Um, this, um, I think this there was a story out of California in the, in August. This family, it was like a husband and wife and a toddler. Um, they actually went hiking with their dog, and um, unfortunately, like they they got caught up in a situation where they didn't have their. Uh, the right gear. And unfortunately they all passed away. And there was a recent news report that came out that said that they, you know, overheated and that the father was trying to text his friend that they needed help and he gave the location, but there was no, there was no um, cell connection. So I think having, you know, having an InReach or a Garmin that you can use for calling for safety is probably a good idea if you're going to be out there, especially with a toddler. So sad end to that story.
4: Yeah, that stinks. That was sad to see.
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you, with your, so you have a Garmin, do you have an inReach, Jill, that you use?
4: I do have an inReach, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then that can tell, that sort of, you can ping and your husband can look to see where you are.
4: Exactly, yeah. So he can look and see where we are, and then, like, if I don't have cell service, I can, you know, let him know what's going on, or if we, are like, delayed, or, you know, I try to tell him if we've, you know, hit the summit or whatnot, just so he has, a like, kind of an idea of where we are. I just think it's important when you have a small kid with you especially
1: yeah did you get so I'm assuming you gave him like your plans and this is where I'm gonna park and this is the peak we're going on these are the trails were you pretty good at like timing it out and being like I'm gonna be on the peak at this time and I should be back at the parking lot at this time or did you struggle with that yeah
4: we were No, I think we were pretty, we were pretty accurate about trying to um, get our times right. And I always gave him the plan and, you know, I would show him on the map, you know, we're doing this loop. These are the trails we're taking, you know, that sort of thing. So he could kind of keep an an idea of it. Um, And, you know, we were, he would, you know, we'd get to the summit. I usually try to at least text him or, you know, ping him on the Garmin and just let him know, like, where we were, you know, we're stopping for 20 minutes, an hour whatever, hanging out on top for, and that we were heading back down. So we kind of had an idea of our general location.
1: That's good. And he, uh, so, and then it was mostly you and Carter, like he didn't, he, I've seen, he goes on hikes with you guys occasionally, but he's not as into it as you guys are. No,
4: he's, no, he's not. And he, he doesn't want to do the bigger, longer ones. So, which is fine. You know, it's our yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm happy when he, no, you know, he's been picking away at the 52s with us too. So.
1: Yeah, you no, know, those are those are good, and that's the same situation with me. Like my wife, yeah. doesn't, she'll go, but she's not into it like I am. So it is what it is. I mean, you got to have yeah. your own interests, which is great. But
4: exactly, was, yeah.
1: All right, well, Carter, you did your first podcast, so now when you d- when you go to cl- like or you're in school and your teacher's like, you know, can you tell like an interesting, fun fact about yourself? And obviously, like you can say like, oh, I hiked all the four thousand footers. Now you can say you were the star of a podcast.
2: That's a wrap.
0: Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to learn more about the topics covered on today's show, please check out the show notes and safety information on slasrpodcast.com. That's S-L-A-S-R podcast.com. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Instagram. We hope you'll join us next week for another great show. Until next time, on behalf of Mike and Stomp, get out there and crush some peaks. Now covered in scratches, blisters, and bug bites, Chris Staff wanted to complete his most challenging day
4: hike ever. Fish and game officers say the hiker from Florida activated an emergency beacon yesterday morning. He was hiking along the Appalachian Trail when the weather started to get worse. Officials say the snow was piled up to three feet in some spots, and there was a wind chill of minus one degree.
0: And there's three words to describe this race. Do we all know what they are? But only
1: one hell! Here's Lieutenant James Nealon, New Hampshire Fish and Game. Lieutenant, thanks for being with us today.
0: Thanks for having me. What are some of the most common mistakes you see people make when they're heading out on the trails to hike here in New Hampshire? Seems to me the most common is being unprepared. and I think if they just simply visited uh, hikesafe.com and got a list of the 10 essential items and had those in their packs, they probably would have no need to ever call us at all.